0: Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, <clears throat> thanks so much for inviting me to be here tonight. Um, really appreciate the opportunity to, to share my experience, strength, and hope. Um, let's start with the uh, serenity prayer. god grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change the courage to change the things we can and the wisdom to know the difference thy will not ours be done amen Dennis, can I, uh, is it possible for me to share my
2: screen?
3: Doesn't look so simple here in the webinar. I don't know. Oh, Oh, wait a second. Yes, you can. I'm doing it now. Okay.
1: So there's this, Quote from the Twelve and Twelve that I'll just share briefly here, which is uh, has been a really important statement for me as I've worked through my recovery. I've been sexually sober in AA for 25 years. And it's in the 12 and 12 under step 11, page 98. There's a direct linkage among self-examination, meditation and prayer. Taken separately, these practices can bring much relief and benefit. But when they are logically related and interwoven, the result is an unshakable foundation for life. that's a it's a really important statement uh, and I think it uh, has been really a, a, such a, a godsend for me as I worked through this program. The thing that came up for me uh, as I was meditating the other day was the 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 metaphor of, of shaking and in two ways. One was just um, growing up here in California and it seems like every week we've got some kind of earthquakes going on somewhere here in the state. And I just thought about you know how I grew up with hearing about the San Francisco earthquake of 1906 with pretty much leveled the city of San Francisco. And my grandmother spoke about how she was thrown out of her crib when she was six years old and uh, during that earthquake. And, you know, I thought how, how far we've come during the last earthquake in 1989 uh, that really hit us pretty hard in San Francisco and, and other areas. You know, we, We've been able to build buildings that were built on solid foundations, and with uh, learning from past mistakes and the engineering that was that, that came with that, these these big skyscrapers uh, really they swayed back and forth, but they didn't they didn't fail, they didn't crumble. And I, I thought that really was a, a good metaphor for recovery because. You know, it's, it's, um, in my recovery, uh, or in my addiction, uh, I was really shaken up and shaken to the core. And what just uh, emotional upsets would, would lead me to act out and I would, I would crash. Uh, I can just think of one particular incident uh, that I was talking about with a sponsor the other day about um, how I acted out. Uh, I was living in South America at the time and was um, had, had acted out with a prostitute and spent pretty much the whole night uh, up drinking and acting out. And a few days later, I uh, you know I crashed my. Um, my car, my company's car, just totaled it, and I, I came pretty close to, um, you know, within seconds of being really seriously hurt. And it just it reminded me of of how there was some emotional stuff going on leading up to that. And I it was it was really kind of a rebellious act for me. I don't need to go into details, but what I've what I've learned over time is that. What what shakes what shakes us or shakes me up or has shaken me up is really the the emotional disturbances um, that uh, touch a, a deep part of me, touch that that part of me that that really is uh, vulnerable and um, you know I would call it the the, the traumatized inner child. And I, I think it relates a lot to this, um, to what we're seeing here, or what, what was stated about this unshakable foundation. We really have to uh, examine ourselves to the deepest extent we can to begin to uh, have this unshakable foundation, to be able to not be. Uh, Shaken by by events uh, that uh, disturb us at emotional level. So how do we do that? How do we how do we uh, create this unshakable foundation? And, and it says also in the in the twelve and twelve that um, you know this one of the first fruits of uh, meditation is emotional balance. You know, so how do we get this emotional balance? And I, I can. Again, speak from my own experience here. In that, when uh, when I was maybe five or six years into into sobriety, I realized that you know I didn't I didn't really feel all that comfortable with myself. You know, I was I was sober, and you know things were going well in my life, but there was just this feeling of kind of kind of a, a rottenness inside. And I remember saying that at a meeting once. And so i I began to explore uh, some of these things that that are talked about in the, in our literature a little bit a little bit more deeply. And one of them is um, I'll just share here. One of them is this, that it's a spiritual axiom that every time we are disturbed, no matter what the cause, there is something wrong with us. If somebody hurts us, we are sore. If and we are sore, we're in the wrong also. And so I began to be curious about this and and, and maybe see these begin to see these people that, that upset me in these circumstances. It really is a messenger. Messenger from God that's helping me see things inside that I wouldn't otherwise see. And, and step eight, it talks a little bit more about this. It says very deep, sometimes quite forgotten, damaging emotional conflicts persist below the level of consciousness. At the time of these occurrences, they may actually have given our emotions violent twists, which have since discolored our personalities and altered our lives for the worst. While the purpose of making restitution to others is paramount it is equally necessary that we extricate, extricate from an examination of our personal relations, every bit of information about ourselves and our fundamental difficulties when we can. These are really key statements that point to something that uh, requires a, a great deal of presence, curiosity, and intention and attention to begin to unravel this this trauma. I would call what 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 they're saying here is really tr- trauma that uh, many of us experience. I don't think I've ever heard a first step that didn't involve. Uh, quite a bit of trauma in somebody's lives, and so the the issue is how do we face this pain? How do we face this trauma that that we've experienced? Clearly, it says in our literature that someone who knew he who what he what he was talking about once remarked that pain was the touchstone of all spiritual progress. How heartily essays and essays can agree with him? Uh, maybe we don't agree with him, but uh, I do, for we know that the pains of drinking had to come before sobriety and emotional turmoil before serenity. So it's facing the pain. How do we face the pain? How do we, how do we deal with that? It says in the 12 and 12 that our lives have been largely devoted to running from pain and problems. We fled from them as, as from a plague. We never wanted to deal with the fact of suffering. Escape via the bottle or lust was always our solution. Character building through suffering might be all right for saints, but certainly didn't appeal to us. And then it says, then then in AA, we looked and listened. Everywhere we saw failure and misery transformed by humility into priceless assets. We heard story after story of how humility had brought strength out of weakness. In every case, pain had been the price of admission to a new life. This is a really key statement. Pain is the price of admission. Again, how do we face this pain that is the price of admission to a new life? But this admission price had purchased more than we expected. It brought a measure of humility, which we soon discovered to be a healer of pain we began to fear pain less and desire humility more than ever. So I just want to explore that a little bit today. Uh, How do we face this pain? How do we find this, this gift of of, um, of the unshakable foundation that allows us to face the pain and, and move beyond the move beyond the the difficulties that we have in our relationships, the bedevilments that are described in chapter four of the of the A big book. For me it's been it has been this this interrelation, this interweaving of of meditation and prayer and uh, self-examination. I'd like to explore with you today uh, a meditation that uh, allows us to begin to explore this, um, this inner uh, inner pain a little bit, or, or inner disturbance, or inner discomfort, however you want to put it. Uh, if, uh, if you're pain-free, uh, maybe you don't need this, but maybe you'll enjoy the meditation anyway. I, uh, I have found, I've been a meditator since I came into this program, and I have found that the meditation has helped me uh, have the spaciousness, if you will, the, the capacity to begin to face uh, this inner, inner discomfort that, has, that drove me to, to act out uh, time after time and, and not, uh, not be able to stop. There's a causal point of uh, that that really uh, is the. It, it's uh, it's hard to describe in words, but it's something inside that, when it gets touched by something, some external circumstance, causes me to lose lose all ability to have any kind of. Uh, make any kind of decision. There's no decision there. It's it's automatic response to that to that event inside, and and we know that that resentments are the are the number one offender, and resentments uh, are to refeel. So it's refeeling things that that that's old stuff. It's not what abouts hap- It's not a what it's not about what's happening now. It's related to stuff that's happened in the past that gets gets triggered and leads us to acting out. So, in this uh, next uh, fifteen minutes, let's take some take some time to meditate together, uh, fifteen or twenty minutes, and uh, just I invite you now to take a few deep breaths and close your eyes and transition into a place of just being fully connected with the breath. So much of this meditation is just learning to be in the present moment, learning to be comfortable with ourselves, learning to be be okay in our own skin. And so just to find a a comfortable position, but maintaining a certain alertness and watchfulness, we can connect with the breath. And there are so many sensations of breath. We can listen to the air moving into the nostrils. We can feel the Subtle expansion and contraction. It helps by the way to breathe from the abdomen, allowing the the abdomen, the thorax, the solar plexus, to expand and contract and to feel that expansion and contraction. So much of this Self-examination and meditation is in the is in the is in the feeling. Can't think our way through this. So this is a way to get in touch with being present in the body and feeling. So as we allow ourselves to breathe and feel this expansion and contraction of the breath, just a subtle expansion and contraction of breath can begin to go a little bit deeper and feel the inner aliveness that animates the body, the felt realization of each breath in the body. And of course, there are thoughts that come and go. Maybe we're having some thoughts of resistance and asking ourselves why we're doing this. All that can be turned aside as we just return ourselves back to this breathing process. The body breathes all by itself, we just need to be with that breath. Breathe continuously. Breathe one breath at a time. But as thoughts come in, we can always return ourselves back to this conscious connection with the breath. And this is the conscious connection that helps us get grounded in the present moment and feel whatever
2: we can feel.
1: And as thoughts maybe come in to take up our attention, we can recommit to, uh, to the intention of breathing continuously. Breathing without pausing between in-breaths and out-breaths. Feeling ourselves in the body. Perhaps feeling our feet on the floor, or our seat in the chair, our hands in our lap. Just feeling whatever we can feel unconditionally.
2: Without expecting anything.
1: This allows us to be watchful and alert. We can breathe continuously. As thoughts arise, we can allow them to pass on through. It's as if we're beginning to drop below thoughts. Just allow those thoughts to move on by. No thought is worth thinking in meditation. Debate has no place. Just breathe one breath at a time, just this much for now. Perhaps there's yet still thoughts that come in. We just gently keep coming back to this focal point of breathing. We can allow the breath to take us a little more deeply inward, inward to the great reality that's within us feeling that sense of inner aliveness that animates the body feeling ourselves anchored in the present moment by just being here now in this Perhaps we can notice the silence. The gaps between thoughts. A glimpse of being here now in this present moment.
2: Allowing thoughts to just move on by. Keep coming back to breathing. As if the whole body breathes. There's resistance or discomfort, pain, can allow the breath to move there. Each breath can welcome presence. With each out-breath, we can let go, surrender. So much of our resistance to pain, or my resistance to pain, creates more pain. We can just let go and allow the discomfort to be there, breathing with it, We begin to feel peace just this much for now. Just keep coming back to breathing. maybe as we've
1: been in meditation for a few minutes here just being
2: with our being with ourselves breathing stepping back from thoughts we may have noticed some discomfort, pain. Maybe there's some unforgiveness that's arisen. It's helpful to Be curious about where this manifests itself in the body. Just allow our attention to go there. Feel perhaps the tight belly, the shoulders, that are tight, maybe it's in the head, whatever we can feel is valid. I call these charged emotions that get stored in the body, trauma if you will. I can feel it, breathe with it, give attention to it, I can feel without expectations of it going away. This, I believe, is the true self examination gives us the unshakable foundation. When we can face our inner charged emotions, the inner pain, the uncomfortableness. This gives us practice for when we face difficult situations in life. And these emotions get triggered inside us. For me, it's old. It gets triggered.
1: So we can just come back to this place of being present to whatever is inside. perhaps invite our higher power that is already there to be with us in this. Use the constructive imagination that's described in our literature to provide comfort and solace to an injured inner child self. Just taking a few minutes to feel, be with whatever is, continuing to breathe, taking full breaths, allowing whatever is. We've reached the point of ending our meditation period together. Transition now to time of sharing. But as we transition back to being aware of our surroundings as we open our eyes, I would suggest that we can take stock and realize that this place of present moment moment awareness through conscious connection with the breath, feeling ourselves in the body is a place we can always come back to. can gently come back to. We can also maintain a sense of connection with this, as we open our eyes, perhaps look about, share from a place, a present moment awareness.
2: Thank you, Steve. Thank
4: you. Different. <laughs> so we'd like to ask any uh, people at this time, we do have a request for your phone number, but I would like to ask anybody that um, would like to ask Steve a question now um, about your experience that you just had about his experiences With meditation and what some of the, you know, um, what are some of the gifts that come from this, and how does he use it? So, um, if you have a question, if you could post it into the Q and A in the bottom of your screen. So, Steve, I'll start us out. Um, I did feel um, I was I was really enjoying it, really enjoying. All of a sudden, I felt this massive. I guess the best thing I could feel is like a a vibrating uncomfortableness, like a discomfort that you were describing. I mean, I did invite my higher power into that, which was some relief, but um, you said that was charged emotions. Um, that was not something for me that was pleasant. So can you tell me the benefits of a going through that process, feeling that, um, I, I actually almost felt like I needed to reposition myself to try and, you know, avoid that. So can you yeah. tell me your experience of what that is and what I felt?
1: Yeah, I think you really tapped into something there, Dennis, that's uh, that's important to, to recognize and and acknowledge. Um, so here's the way I have come to Understand this, uh, and I, I, you may you may want to call it uh, really causes and conditions, as is stated in the big book. You know that uh, we, um, we 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 came into these these addictions because of that that pain that you described it, it is uncomfortable and, and like it says in the in the 12 and 12 you know we we are, our lives were largely devoted to running from pain and problems and what the reason I call it charged emotions is because it's old stuff for me it's old stuff uh, and uh, it's basically um, stuff that I took on as a young child, and pretty much stuffed inside and uh, in rooms inside my inside my being that I closed the door on and just uh, didn't want to feel for for most of my life, and so. But the problem is that when something external happens and triggers those emotions, for example, uh, one thing that, uh, you know, triggers that old stuff is just some of the things that uh, my wife says to me. You know, and it's not really anything that intellectually makes sense. It's just kind of the tone of impatience and stuff. And so it triggers a... a a reaction inside, and it's that reactivity that used to cause me to act out, you know, that's that that reactivity that comes up, and I don't want to face that pain, and I'm going to find some way to to sedate it and control it. The reason I say it's old stuff is because uh, I've I've looked back enough in my life, and I've tried to follow what it says in step eight, is I try to extricate what i learned what i can learn from from all these uh, relationships uh that have not turned out so well in the past and you know these difficult relationships and you know one of them most of it's been with my parents you know there was stuff i took on as a child from my parents and and uh really never never dealt with until you know within the last 10 to 20 years so um that's what i mean by charged emotions they basically it's, it's it's emotional emotional baggage that that i've carried and uh it's it's uncomfortable when it comes when it comes to the surface you know things that, that trigger that make it come to the surface and i and i've come to look at it in terms of you know what's the uh, what's the message here? So just being curious about it uh, has been really helpful. And I think that's part of this self-examination is curiosity. And so, for example, you know, um, my wife says something to me that's uncomfortable. Instead of blaming her and reacting, you know, I can dismiss her as a messenger and get the message. Well where's the message? The message the message is inside. And you know like it says in our literature, you know there's something there's something that needs to be looked at there. There's something that's not quite, not quite right. Mm-hmm. And and then um you know then we feel it. You know to to feel it unconditionally is to basically give that inner child that's emotion still emotionally up in upset inside. That's the way I look at it the unconditional attention that it always wanted. You know? So it is kind of a a, 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 a recuperation job, you know, we, we can of course uh, know that our higher power is with us than us.
4: Hmm. Well, we do have a question here. Um, one of the individuals asked, I had pain about my mother came up. What do I do with it, please?
1: Good question. Um, so this this pain about the mother is uh, is, all, is a call for call for help, call for love inside. And uh, the way I have dealt with those calls for love, uh, calls for attention is to just try to be with that pain as much as I can, uh, inviting of course, this the higher power to, to be with me in that. Uh, so it might uh, might look like... Um, just sitting, just sitting in with it uh, and being with it, but also using again our constructive imagination and trying to maybe recall that the incident where we were we had pain, a painful situation with with our parents. You know, and maybe you know we're all wired a little bit differently, but one thing that's helped me is just to go inside and try to embrace that child uh, that um, that was hurting at that time. I had a situation with my mother uh, recently in which I uh, I just remembered her kind of pushing me away. Uh, I was sent away from home when I was uh, 14 and uh, I came back for about a week uh, just to visit. And, then was the night before I was about to leave, I, I came, I, my mother came in to say goodnight and I just hugged her neck and, and cried and she took my arms away and just kind of pushed me away and said, told me to be strong. And just recalling that event, you know, it brought me to tears and, and but, it, but the tears are good because it's allowing that inner child to cry in a way that it wasn't able to cry. When, when we experience those traumatic traumatic events, so it's allowing this, this inner child that we've kind of turned our back on. At least I turned my back on that for when we became, we were called to become adults and behave behave like adults. But uh, I realized at the time that she was a messenger for me, and she was sending me out into the world to find my true source. Uh, and this is part of our part of our issue, right? So it says in the big book that we can't stay sober until we put dependency on on, uh, on other people before dependency on God. So we have to find our source. And this is a way to find our, our, our pathway back to knowing our source at a very deep level, the source of our lives, our higher power, God, as we understand him. And so... You know this pain and the messengers are a way to really move through and find find God in the pain. You know it says here that uh, you know that uh, we uh, well. What I would say is that you know pain is a, pain is our friend. Pain is a messenger that can help us find our way back to this this true connection with. Uh, with a higher power.
3: Thank you, Steve. Uh, So we have a question. Um, Hi, Steve. Do you include meetings which focus not only on recovery from addictive behaviors, uh, but also accept that many addicts have a mental illness and physical disability that require treatment?
1: Yes, I can accept that. Uh, I think that's important to recognize that we have uh, many in our groups that Suffer from mental and physical disabilities, <clears throat> and I I go back to the reading in the in the big book. My sponsor told me once, <laughs> you know, everything you need to know is in the big book. And I thought to myself as I was talking to him on the phone, why do I need to talk to you? <laughs> but uh, not to not to. Uh, make light of your question, it is important to recognize this, but it also says in the big book that, uh, you know, even those who have uh, emotional and mental disabilities can, can recover uh, if they have the capacity to be honest. And, and while I don't, uh, and certainly these things need, need attention beyond, uh, beyond our group beyond our our 12-step program but i would say that that this honesty piece is a really key statement and it goes beyond just our words and our thoughts i think being truly honest with ourselves is this process of uh, confronting and and self-examination uh at a at a feeling level you know that, that this is a I've heard it said in meetings more than once, you know, uh, feeling is healing. And there's that sentence in the white book, uh, you know, we, we, Roy Kate st- talks about walking through our feelings. I think those are really good pointers that, you know, the, the honesty is is really, I think, being, uh, being with this, Inner self that's uh, that's looking for looking for a true connection, and uh, it's a it's an honesty at the level of, of felt realization.
4: Thank you, Steve. Um, the next question is: How have you maintained consistent meditation habits over the years, or have you? And I struggle with being consistent in my efforts.
1: Yeah, thanks for that question. That's good. And many of us struggled with that. And I know I struggled in the beginning to um, to have a consistent meditation practice. And I think what what Dennis said earlier is it, it's part of that, that, and I've seen it many times, that uh, not only myself, but in others, is as we begin to meditate, we begin to get in touch with these uncomfortable feelings, and it's so we find other ways to distract ourselves. And then, and for me, for me, it was you know unconscious. It still is. I still do that, uh, but I am consistent with the meditation practice now because I've learned. How important it is for me. So I meditate twice a day, uh, usually for about twenty or twenty-five minutes each time. And I, um, I, I began to do that because of something that was said to me when I, when I was um, taught to meditate, and that was that, you know. So I had two kids at home at the time, and I was told, well, tw- meditate twice. Twenty minutes twice a day, and I said, "Um, "How can I do that? You know, I've got a family, I got to take care of, I've got a job, and I was was, I was told that you will be a better father, you will be a better, a better worker uh, if you meditate." and and that's turned out to be true for me because I don't do things today that I used to do before I meditated. I don't distract myself so easily. I don't I don't engage, I don't watch TV very much uh, like I used to. There're just a lot of things I've kind of let go of uh, and put the meditation first and I and I've realized how how important it is for me to set my day on a tone that comes from connecting with my source uh, early in the morning. I just Monday I was I woke up kind of in a fearful mode, anxious, and you know. So I went to you know do first first things first, which was to do reading and sit in silence for uh, 20 minutes and just breathing. And uh, and then do some writing, and it just changed the whole tone, you know. And I, I there haven't been many times when I've missed those 20 minutes, but there was one time uh, that I did because I was late to go out to a a field site that I had to work at, and, and I missed it. And lust was a problem that day, you know. So I know that that's part of my part of my unshakable foundation, you know. That I can get I can get shaken up, but You know, that foundation is there if I, if I choose to, to stand in it. Um,
3: are the benefits of meditation to help learn to sit with agitation? If not, what is the purpose of meditation?
1: Could you repeat that, Daniel?
3: Sure. Uh, uh, It's about the benefits of meditation. Yes. Uh, Are they there to help us to sit and learn how to sit with agitation? Um, what is the purpose of meditation?
1: Okay. Well, I would say uh, the purpose of meditation is to really help us improve our conscious contact with God, with our, the source of our lives. Uh, my experience is that um, it's a time, it's probably one of the few times when we're in a place of true humility. Uh, and we know that that's such an important component for uh, connection with, with the higher power. Uh, it's, the, it's the idea that, or the, the belief I have that, uh, you know, I can't think my way through that. My best thinking got me into this program And I've I've heard many times, you know, you can't think your way through this program. I I used to have so many problems with that. You know, I've got advanced degrees. You know, (laughs) I'm good at thinking, but it's it's really uh, this spiritual connection with what what exactly what you said with feeling our way through our feelings that gets us to the spiritual awakening, and that's what we're here for, right? That's we we began, we agreed at the beginning we would go to any length to find the spiritual experience, and I would say that when I can't sit and and be quiet with myself uh, and and feel the, the that felt realization of a higher power, then it it's um, I'm lacking in my in my connection and my in my spiritual awakening and it's exactly that agitation that that sense of discomfort that pain inside that is blocking me from really fully connecting with my with with the source of my life i would would also say that uh, you know we came into these we came into this life all of us came in as innocent innocent beings and we took on emotions, we communicated via emotions uh, early on, we took on emotional turmoil. And my, my experience is that I have to go back through that to really have a true spiritual awakening. And so I think the, the path is to go through this, this emotional turmoil, these, these charged emotions to be in to find that, that true connection with the source. And it's not a, it's not not an overnight matter. Um, So that, that's my sense of what meditation is helpful, is helpful with because it can, it's exactly what it says in the big book that we can find that, that unshakable foundation through self examination uh, at a felt realization level.
4: All right. Well, we have a, a couple of questions, and I don't think we have time for both. So I'll pick the shorter of the two. Are there any recommendations for things to listen to or read to better acquire these skills?
1: Hmm. <laughs> well, as it says in our literature, there's a treasure trove of, of um, meditation uh, literature. And it also says that everybody has to find their own path. and. You know, there's been so many resources I've I've relied on. Uh, you know, one. Um, I mean, this is just my opinion, uh, and uh, it's not essay related literature. But there's a book called The Presence
2: Process, which I found truly helpful in in moving through these charged emotions. So the author is Michael Brown. Uh, that would be that would be a recommendation I would have. But uh, just to
1: um, yeah, I, but uh, there's there's many other books that one could one could
2: look into and uh, and try to find uh, help with uh, meditation.
3: All right, Daniel. Uh, yes. Yeah, so an, another question while we wait for Catherine to join us. Um, actually I focus on the following on following the higher power rather than breathing, but it's not like talking prayer or just silence or thought prayer. It's connecting with the higher power and resting and my breathing gets thin and silent. Am I doing it right? What am I actually doing? Uh, I would say you're, you're exactly where
1: you need to be in, in doing it right. Uh, um, I've I I, uh, I too have meditated in that way, and I find myself meditating with, with my breath has slowed down quite a bit. Uh, I've found the breath uh, more effective in terms of integrating these charged emotions. But uh, yeah, yeah, I would I would say you're you're right on track, and uh, you know exploring uh, exploring that and continuing. To deepen is is really the the suggestion in the big book, and I would reiterate that as the suggestion in twelve and twelve. Sorry, uh, you know, it says meditation is always a practice that can be deepened. So, uh, continuing, I, that's been my experience that it's ever changing and always deepening.
2: All right. This one All right.
1: Well, thank you, Steve. I'm um, standby.
4: All right, everybody. I just want to remind everybody that we do have a seven tradition link that we've um, put up. If you so feel led um, and want to help continue to carry the message, SACO does a wonderful job and uh, take advantage of that. Steve, would you like to lead us out in a program prayer of your choice? Thank you for your service. That was really uh, uh, quite an experience for me, for sure. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Dennis. Thanks so much for for having me here today. I wonder if uh, we could say the... What I call the 11 step prayer. Sure.
4: I could do that. You want me to read that out?
1: I've got it here. I can put it up on my screen.
4: Perfect. And that'd be page 99 for
1: anybody yeah. that wants to
4: grab their 12 and 12 or we can put it on the screen. There you go. Okay. All right.
1: Oops. Sorry. There we go. Lord, make me a channel of thy peace. That where there is hatred, I may bring love. That where there is wrong, I may be bring. I may bring the spirit of forgiveness. That where there is discord, I may bring harmony. That where there is error, I may bring tooth That where there is doubt, I may bring faith. That where there is despair, I may bring hope. That where there are shadows. I may bring light, that where there is sadness, I may bring joy. Lord, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted, to understand than to be understood, to love than to be loved. For it is by self-forgetting that one finds, is by forgiving, that one is forgiven. It is by dying that one awakens to eternal life.
3: Amen. Amen.
0: I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve